It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. You ready to get into this? Oh, yes, sir, because it's football talk. Oh, yes. As we all know, my favorite episodes always, because we got a lot of football to talk about. It's a wild one, so let's just get right into it, shall we? Let's do it. All right, we're going to start off with the standings in the NFL in the AFC East. The Patriots are still on top of that division at 8-4 with a 6.67 win percentage. The Bills are 7-4 with a 6.36 win percentage. The Dolphins are 5-7 with a 4.17 win percentage. And the Jets are 3-8 with a 2.73 win percentage. In the AFC North, the Ravens are 8-3 with a 7.27 win percentage. The Bengals are 7-4 with a 6.36 win percentage. The Browns are 6-6 with a 500 win percentage. And the Steelers are 5-5-1 with a 500 win percentage. In the AFC South, the Titans are 8-4 with a 6.67 win percentage. The Colts dropped to 500 at 6-6. The Jags and Texans are both 2-9 with a 182 win percentage. Out west in the AFC, the Chiefs are on top of that division at 7-4 with a 6.36 win percentage. The Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos are all 6-5 with a 5.45 win percentage. In the NFC, back here on the east side, the, uh, sorry, I almost said the Broncos for some stupid ass reason. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, Cowboys are 7-4 with a 6.36 win percentage. The Washington football team moved up into second place with a 5-6 uh, record, a 4.55 win percentage. The Eagles dropped to third with a 5-7 record and a 4.17 win percentage. And the Giants are in last with a 4-7 record and a 3.64 win percentage. In the NFC North, the Packers are looking dominant now as they are now 9-3 with a 7.50 win percentage. The Vikings are 5-6 with a 4.55 win percentage. The Bears are 4-7 with a 3.64 win percentage. And the Lions are 0-10-1 and, and still somehow have a percentage we don't understand other than 0, which is 0. 0.45. <laughs> 
You know what? Another one I'm not understanding. Hmm. I was the Steelers at the bottom when uh, they've only lost five, but the Browns have lost six. That because the six wins. But still. Just that's how it's it's still weird. Well, if you didn't have that loss, you'd be ahead. Well, I guess then there's that. Right? I mean, you're that tie. That tie. If you would have won, you'd be ahead. Yeah, then I could have lost and still been down, so I guess I get really bitch. Right. That tie is just throwing everything off. It's throwing everything <laughs> off. Yes. In the NFC South, the Buccaneers are eight and three with a seven twenty seven win percentage. The Falcons and Saints are both five and six. With a 455 win percentage, and the Panthers are five and seven with a 417 win percentage. In the NFC West, the Cardinals are nine and two with an 818 win percentage. The Rams dropped to seven and four with a 636 win percentage. The Niners have climbed back above 500 for the first time in a while. Are six and five with a full, uh, 545 win percentage, and the Seahawks, oh my goodness, are three and eight with a uh, 273 win percentage. Okay, I had. The Rams doing good. I had the Niners doing good. I didn't have the Cardinals doing good, and I didn't have the Seahawks doing that bad. This is weird, to say the least. Very strange. Holy crap. Anyways, so let's get to some college notes. we got a lot to cover in the college um, rankings right now. Holy cow. Let's go. Deep dive. Here we go. The coaching carousel has shifted into high gear and it's spinning fast, baby. First up, huge news out of Los Angeles was Lincoln Riley has left Oklahoma to take the head coaching job at USC. The move became official earlier today when he was introduced to fanfare at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum in a press conference. The word last week was that Riley had denied interest in the LSU opening, which which we will get to in a minute. And this seemed to come from out of nowhere. This is a huge gift for SC, who now looks to retake its spot from Oregon as the cream of the crop of the Pac-12. Cooper, your thoughts on this maneuver? Holy uh, cow. I'm scared. Uh, as an Oregon Ducks fan, this is just like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it. Um, but it's good for their school, good for the team, and um, you know they're probably going to win some football games. Yeah, this one was a shocker because I didn't see this happening. He didn't go to LSU. Yeah. Which I kind of understand because if you stayed at Oklahoma, you were going to end up in the SEC in a few years anyways. Because we all know we've talked about the move that Oklahoma and Texas are about to move to the SEC between now, basically, and 2025 at some point. Um, So this was... He was already going to move to the SEC if he stayed at Oklahoma. So I didn't really mind the fact that he said they're going, I don't have no interest in going to LSU because if I stay at Oklahoma, I'm going to be in the SEC anyways. But now you're not even going to be there at all. You well, now you're not going. You're going to the Pac-12. I almost wonder, though, if you are petty as a college, burn SEC or spurn the SEC – and join up in the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 still would like to get Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, and then that way you can haunt your co- former coach for yeah. leaving you. Then there's that. And... It's not going to happen, but I would just say if I was petty as a president of the University of Oklahoma, I might consider that. <laughs> or Oklahoma University, sorry, they're O-U-O. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I would think about it at least. So it might cross my mind. Um, 
Bob Stoops has been named the interim head coach. Obviously, we know that Rankin Riley took over when Bob Stoops decided to retire. Bob Stoops did have a run in the, uh, what was it? Um, the He wasn't the Excelsfels coach um, for Dallas um, before the league ended up folding due to the pandemic. Um, I don't know. If I'm Oklahoma, I know there's a lot of quality coaches out there. I mean, I almost wanted to just kind of see if I can talk Stoops out of retirement come back for at least a few years maybe try to groom somebody again before we make that move over to the sec especially if it's not going to be until 2025 just saying might be a better idea yeah maybe but we'll see what happens freaking a man if oregon's in trouble if mario leaves for miami which reports are miami's looking at him and also lane kiffin so it's going to be interesting for the I don't next think weeks. Mario is going anywhere. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't go anywhere. To be honest, they've had a winning year. Um, and Oklahoma had a winning year. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is why would Mario go from there to his alma mater? Who cares? They're shit, dude. Why would you go there? Because you, why wouldn't you want to go to your alma mater and be the guy that resurrected the program? The re- then maybe resurrect the program, maybe. Yeah, well, you say you, maybe, you, we can say maybe only say, one, but that's what but, he'll but want. You gotta think about it, dude. It's not just the head coach; it's everyone in that program is why that thing is shit. You really want to go back there? I mean, because you could either be. You could be either be the guy that saves it all, or the guy that goes in there and doesn't do anything, and then they go, "Oh, Mario Cristobal, Ugh. yeah, I mean, and ruin his career." Quite possibly, he can be. Well, at least he didn't. At least the good thing is he didn't pull Willie Taggart on us. Yeah. So, I'm just saying. <laughs> Where the hell's he at now? I don't even know. <laughs> He's out of Florida State. We know that. <laughs> he left there a long time ago. Uh, this is going to get interesting, to say the least, how everything will finish up. But there's more coaching news. Are you ready? Let's go. So now for LSU. As yesterday, it was announced that after missing out on Lincoln Riley, LSU turned their attention to Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly, and it actually worked out for him. He'll be leaving Notre Dame as their all-time winningest coach in program history. The only hole in his resume at Notre Dame is a national championship, though they did play in one and got routed by Alabama. Luckily for Kelly as well, is he's getting a decent roster of young players and has the potential to add to it. So the turnaround should be relatively instantaneous. Now, for see, him. this this is a good move. This is like saying, yes, I'm I'm leaving a a a you know storied program. I'm leaving a good program to go to another good program, and not only that, you you move from one one part of you know. A conference to going to the SEC, mm-hmm. and well, like basically well, going from an independent to yeah a, to the SEC. Mo- most people they would say this is this is what they would want to do. Like that's mm-hmm. why I don't see Mario Cristobal going to freaking Miami because he would have to gut that thing all the way out and bring it all the way back up, and it'd take some time. He probably wouldn't have a winning season for a couple of years, dude, and. It's kind of like watching the Jaguars now. I mean, everybody wants to blame the, blame you know, the head coach, but you can't blame him when when it's 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 shit. Yeah, you gave him a shit team and said, please do something with us. He's trying, and they're making improvements, but yeah, 
I mean, it is what it is. Definitely. Um, the interesting fact is a lot of people are like, well, how could you leave Notre Dame and go to LSU? Well, the obvious factor is it's going to be easier at LSU. You know, you're dealing with a school that has is a private school for one because of its religious sect. Um, obviously, the Fighting Irish are very. It's a very Catholic private school. Its academics are darn near Ivy League level yeah. of requirements to attend, and it's freaking cold in South Bend, Indiana. Yeah. I'm sorry, if you're a college student or a potential college student and you're a really good player, would you rather be freezing your butt off during the fall and winter at Notre Dame, maybe making the playoff? Because you're The other problem is I have with Notre Dame is you're kind of screwing yourself every year with this bullcrap independent stature. The, as the You have made the playoffs, I'll give you that. But guess what? You were undefeated each time you made the playoff. It, you're not getting in this year with that one loss to Cincinnati. You didn't get in other years when you had a, maybe a loss or two, and you're like seemed like you should be right there because you're not gonna win a conference championship. You don't. This last week they they won, and we'll talk about how they you know how they kind of routed that in that victory against Stanford. But that's it. They the, the committee won't see you again for the rest of the year, uh, at least if you were in a conference championship game you would get another game to prove yourself worthy of going in. And I also think they kind of got themselves screwed because Kelly left and they were at six and they were not announced in the um, in the four um, despite Ohio State losing, which we'll get to in a little bit too. Uh, so that made things interesting to say the least. Definitely. Um, but LSU, it's going to be easier because you're going to – why won't you want to stay in a warmer climate – Show yourself against quality talent. I hate to say it. Yes, the SEC is the predominant freaking league in college football. It's basically the minor leagues for the NFL because a lot of NFL talent comes out of the SEC. From Bama, LSU included, Georgia, Florida, when they're recruiting right and getting their crap together. you know, And then you still get some good players on occasion. Uh, Ole Miss will get somebody good. Um, Kentucky surprisingly get some decent players that end up, you know, turning into NFL team, uh, NFL players and stuff. So it's you have a chance. I mean, basically, as long as you don't go to Vanderbilt, you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> because in Vanderbilt, you ain't going nowhere if you're going to Vanderbilt. Um, so I mean, we've seen uh, South Carolina when they had the old head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. They had produced um, NFL quality talents. Jadavion Clowney, one of those players. Um, mm-hmm. In recent times, uh, it's just it's going to be a lot easier. The only thing I just don't know if I like is being the number two coach always to Nick Saban. <laughs> That's the problem I have of being a coach in the SEC, honestly, because you're always basically going to be considered number two until Nick Saban retires. And, it, and when is he going to retire? God never, only knows. Never. He might die on. On the sidelines at <laughs> Alabama. In Tuscaloosa, he will die on the sidelines. And then it will finally be over at Alabama. Maybe. All right. So the other news out of Norman, Oklahoma, is that former Heisman Trophy candidate and former starting quarterback Spencer Rattler has entered the transfer portal. After falling out of favor at Oklahoma, the QB has decided that he's better off transferring to another school and building back his draft stock as some draft pundits 
have him falling out of the first round completely instead of just entering the draft early like he can. It will be interesting to see where he lands, especially since his new coach, or his former coach is now at SC. I don't see that happening, but it also wouldn't shock me because obviously we've had two big shock factors already in coaching yeah. moves. So can't say it would be out of the realm of a possibility. Um, the Ducks are in on him, and I believe they said Washington is one of the other schools in on him, in Arizona State. I think it'd be great to go to the Ducks, dude. I don't know if I want to do this again, bro. <laughs> I can't. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm getting a little tired of these transfer guys. <laughs> We're dealing with one right now, yeah. and it hasn't worked out that great. Yeah, but you got some wins, though. But, I mean, the consistency of it, I get it, but... You know, he might be a, a better quarterback than Anthony Brown, so... Oh, I'm not saying he's not, but I'm just saying it's... <laughs> I don't want to do this again. We got lucky a, f- a few times with a transfer portal, and now we keep kind of going with it a little too much, and it's kind of getting a little bad. You know, we that's what we went with. Right after Mariota's, we hit the transfer portal a few times, um, where we got Vernon Adams um, Jr. Um, out of Eastern Washington. Then we got Dakota Prekup or whatever his name was, who, well, God, was a stupid idea. He was not at all worthy of a Power 5 conference um, school, especially ours. And then, you know, then we got lucky. We got Herbert, um, who, you know, we actually recruited built up and uh, didn't really do what we should have done with him because obviously, I mean, he's been struggling of late in the NFL. We'll talk about that here in a little bit too, but he's shown that he's very talented. So we kind of underutilized him at Oregon quite a bit. Um, And then now we were trying to do Tyler Shuck and then Shuck just, I guess, wasn't ready. Last year, um, and then Brown, and then, of course, now Brown, and just like, my God, I'm done. I don't want to do any more transfer portals. Take one of our young guys and give him a shot, for the love of God. Yeah, but then if that doesn't work out, you're going to bitch about that. So, I mean, it doesn't know, but really so. matter what we do. You're going to find something you don't like about it. So At the same time, though, Chuck had a couple years to sit behind Herbert. At least if it's, you know... Um, Johnson, isn't it Johnson, their quarterback, Ty Johnson? I think so, yeah. Um, if he comes in, you know, at least he's young and he has a – this was his freshman year, true freshman, and then his sophomore year, he's young. If he makes mistakes, I'm okay with that because he's young and he needs some more time to develop. But, my God, Chuck had two years sitting behind Herbert and looked like crap when he got a chance. That's what I'm saying. saying. I don't understand. Like, you know for a fact that, hey, one day I could lead this team. This guy's going to go off in the NFL. He's going to go do this. You should be honing in on that craft and doing your best to become the best version of, you know, the quarterback you can become because you have a shot to go to the NFL if you play well enough. Right. I mean, I don't understand it. Some of these guys, they – they ride the bench and they're okay with being the the number two and it's like no no. Dude, 
never be okay with being number two. You always got, you know, you always got to try and. You got to prepare like you're going to be number one yes, at some point. At, at, at all times. You know, I can understand if you feel like you were not given a fair opportunity to be number one. You're like, okay, and I, Herbert left. Now I have my chance. But then they went with Anthony Brown instead of you. But we went with you instead of Anthony Brown when he came in. Brown was supposed to be the backup to Chuck yeah. last year, and he was pretty much. But it, Chuck wasn't ready. But and Chuck then, played he, like he was number two, so he yeah, got... he played like number two. <laughs> That's a potty reference like, for all your number two. He took a number two on the field. All the time. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on, shall we? So it took a decade, a home game in the snow, but it finally happened. Michigan has finally snapped its losing streak against Ohio State with a dominant 42-27 to win in the big house. Hassan Haskins led a ground-and-pound offense to the tune of 169 yards and five touchdowns. That's right, five. The Wolverines dominated in the trenches and kept Ohio State's offensive aerial attack relatively grounded as it became evident that Michigan was about to exercise the demons of the losing streak. Oh, go Wolverines. I love this, brother. I mean, think about it. Just a week ago, they were talking about how Ohio State isn't the, the, the same team that faced Oregon, you know, in, in the beginning of the season. And, and, and they've got their they've got their ducks in a row now, and they're you know they're they're alive and kicking. Well, guess what? What happened? Right. Stroud is the Heisman Trophy winner right now. Blah 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 blah. Er, hold on, what happened? You just what? whooped what? Michigan State at home, fifty nine to seven, and then you went into the big house, and you looked mediocre. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> How do you uh, go from dominating Michigan State? To mediocrity if in a week. Could, if you could just see the smiles on our face right now, it is so amazing. I am sick and tired of Ohio State. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about Ohio State. Nothing made me happier than when Urban Meyer said, Ohio State, I'm out of here. I'm done yeah. with college football. And I was like, thank you, Urban. And then Ryan Day came in and he kept them damn going. I'm like, son of a... I can't catch a break with this crap. And then it finally happened. Jim Harbaugh returned to his alma mater and said, enough is enough. It's going to take me a minute, but I'm going to get it done. It took him too long, but he finally got it done. Thank you, Jim Harbaugh. I'm so glad that that crap's over. (laughs) For now. No playoff for Ohio State. It's great. It's weird. Do it again. It's very weird. I might just watch that on replay over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, it's good times. So hopefully Michigan can finish off all Iowa in the Big Ten championships. So that way they can make their first playoff um, ever. All right, another stunner from the weekend that flew un- well under the radar was Minnesota upending number 14 Wisconsin at home. This rivalry for Paul Bunyan's ass. Ass. <laughs> Axe. Axe. <laughs> A-X-E. This is one of the oldest rivalries in the Power 5 conferences. This is, and this one was a great battle. Wisconsin led at the half 10-6. to six. <laughs> A pretty good third quarter by the Golden Gophers and the fact that their defense shut down Wisconsin for the most part in the second half led to their 23-13 victory. This win helps push the Golden Gophers up into a decent bowl game with the potential to have good momentum in the offseason. 
That's pretty awesome, dude. And Wisconsin, we know, are some big boys. So, I mean, if you could up in them, why not, right? Up in them and be able to carry off Paul Bunyan's ass. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Hey, man. Shit happens. <laughs> Sometimes literally. <laughs> uh, but, man, that's great for the Golden I always had such... I don't know what it is about the Gopher, Golden Gophers of Minnesota, but I have this weird little... Just... I kind of have this weird soft spot for them. I don't know why. I just do, and it's just fun fun and fantastic. I don't know if it's their coloration of their uniforms or what, but something just about the Golden Gophers just makes me want to cheer for them. I don't know why. It's weird. I do have foster family up in the Minnesota area, but still, it's not actual my family relatives that live in the Minnesota area, so I don't know what just gives me that kind of connection with the Golden Gophers, but I do. Don't know why. All right, so is the SEC championship game going to be a slaughter? Or as they like to say here in the South, are you leading the pigs to slaughter? <laughs> Alabama had to battle back to force overtime against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. We're talking about a team that's barely 500 in Auburn. Bama would eventually win in the fourth overtime with these awful new rules. And I'm not saying they're awful because they benefited Bama. I'm not saying that. I've hate, I didn't like this rule at all. It was stupid. Freaking after two overtimes of tied game, you start going for two, switching two-point conversion attempts. It's just weird. It's not football. That's just weird. <sighs> anyway, sorry. just don't like it. Georgia has been dominating every opponent that they've had to face thus far, while Bama has had some close calls, including a loss to Texas A&M, who suffered their fourth loss to an LSU team that was seeing their, out their former head coach. By the way, uh, though some may say, though, the adversity that Bama has faced makes them better than the undefeated and mostly unchallenged Bulldogs. Cooper, what say you on that subject? Uh, I don't know, man. Bama is Bama, dude. I know you're going to talk shit about Bama because you don't like Bama, but Bama's been a powerhouse for a very long time. So, I mean, you can say all the shit you want, but that's they're still winning. I'm so sick and tired of Bama. <laughs> as much as I am as of Ohio State. <laughs> Bama is greatly The problem is with Bama is their, their depth. They have so much depth that is just, it's unfair to other schools. My problem with Alabama is the same problem I've always had with Duke basketball. I'm sick and tired of hearing about you, but... Until you prove me otherwise, it is all about the coaches. Mike Krzyzewski's been a great coach and great recruiter for Duke basketball. Uh, Nick Saban's been a good coach, a great coach, sorry, not good. He's been great for Alabama and is a great recruiter. And he's been adapting to the college game, even though he doesn't like it, but he still does it anyways. And it just irritates me because I just want something to come out and have it be wrong. He's cheated in recruiting. He's cheating in the game. No, he's just freaking perfect. <laughs> Damn, dude. You throwing a fit over here? Yeah, what? I want something <laughs> to be wrong, but I can't get that. Can't have that one. Or Not the Patriots. Isn't his best friend Bill Belichick? That's the other problem. <laughs> that's, my, that's my real problem there, too. But... Uh, so, well, there, there's your cheater. He's attached to a cheater in friendship, not 
anything else. You don't know that. <laughs> well, until proven otherwise, <laughs> we're kind of stuck with what we got. But anyways, so I'm just sick and tired of Bama. That's all it is, is I'm just really sick and tired of Bama. I would love to see Kirby Smart, who is a former coach, assistant of Nick Saban's, be the second assistant to finally upend Nick Saban because obviously Jimbo Fisher did it earlier this year with Texas A&M, um, which that loss is looking worse. I don't care if they are eight and four. They've lost some head scratchers at <laughs> Texas A&M, man. And that LSU one is definitely another head scratcher. Yeah, it definitely is, especially everything going on over there right now. Right. That's why I'm just like, what? You lost to LSU? Don't even get me started. So LSU won twice this weekend because, you know, they got <laughs> the win on Saturday and then they got one of the best coaches in the nation. Um, but I that so I just it I want to say yes, it's going to be a slaughter. But it's freaking Nick Saban and freaking Alabama and just eh. Watch it be 13 to 10. Watch it be 13 to 10. Watch it. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, dude. And it won't matter who wins or loses. And if it's 13 to 10, and Georgia wins 13 to 10, and then somehow Bama gets in out of two losses into the playoff, I'm going to be pissed. Just saying. Anyways, as for the rest of the games in the top 25. <laughs> Number nine, Ole Miss dominated Mississippi State on the road in Starksville, 31-21. Number four, Cincinnati keeps winning and thus keeps their playoff hopes alive. You poor small school bastards. You're, you don't know what you're in for. You're about to get annihilated here soon. Uh, as they won at Eastern Carolina, 35-13. Number 16, Iowa solidified their spot in the Big Ten Championship game against Michigan with a win at Nebraska, 28-21. Number 19, Utah won their tune-up game for the Pac-12 championship with a decent win at home over Colorado, 28-13. Number 21, San Diego State won in a bizarre game against Boise State, 27-16, as their defense dominated the Broncos. I only say this was a bizarre game because San Diego State had to take out their starting quarterback who wasn't doing so well, put in their guy who actually had originally started earlier this year who was struggling, and then their passing game got going. It was really weird to watch. I was, like, confused all game. but And I was sitting there watching it. And I'm just like, this game is bizarre. But I'm loving this defense by San Diego State. It wouldn't hold up against a real team in the Power 5 conference. But I'm just saying, it was pretty fun to watch. Uh, number 25, Arkansas handled Missouri at home 34-17. Missouri, did you really just let your highlight win at freaking at home against Florida last week be the highlight of your season and just not show up for the Arkansas game? I mean, come on. What the hell? Number 11, Oregon nearly blew another game. Oh, this is so bad. As they barely handled their rival Oregon State as they mounted a comeback in the second half only to fall just short 38-29 and Oregon with the win solidified their spot against Utah this Friday in the Pac-12 championship game. Oh. Not looking forward to that. All right, number one. Yeah. Number one, Georgia went to Georgia Tech for a rivalry game. Uh, and I don't think the starters even showed up for Georgia <laughs> as they went to Georgia Tech um, for the Bulldogs as they destroyed the Yellow Jackets 45 nothing. I don't even think they needed their starters. 
Maybe they played a series. I don't know. That game wasn't even a game. I was like, why did you even go? I like your arrival. Never mind. Number six, Notre Dame went to Palo Alto and dominated the Cardinal of Stanford 45-14. But as we discussed, lost head coach uh, Brian Kelly. Number seven, Oklahoma State fell behind by nine points to rival uh, number 10, Oklahoma, in the third quarter. However, their defense righted the ship in the fourth quarter as they scored the final 13 points to win 37-33. Number eight, Baylor had to hold off a feisty Texas Tech Red Raiders team that wanted to play spoilers for the Bears, but they would fall 27-24 to those Bears. Number 12, Michigan State bounced back a bit after getting mauled by the Buckeyes last week, winning a squeaker 30-27 over Penn State in the battle of the big-time contract extensions. You know, both head coaches last week got huge contract extensions. And we discussed that. <laughs> At nauseam. No, I'm just kidding. Number 13, BYU went into the LA Memorial Coliseum and came out victorious 35-31 over SC. But hey, SC got Lincoln Riley, so I guess that's a win either way from the weekend. Whether you lose or win on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Number 17, Pittsburgh Panthers got their spot in the ACC Championship game with a dominant win over number 31... Uh, Sorry, with a dominant win, 31-14 at Syracuse. Number 18, uh, Wake Forest will be playing those Panthers in the ACC Championship game after taking care of Boston College 41-10 on the road. Number 22, uh, University of Texas and San Antonio got crushed by North Texas, who needed the win just to be bowl eligible by winning 45-23. Number 23, Clemson had a tumultuous start to their season, but quietly had a pretty good year with a 9-3 record after blinking in-state rivals South Carolina 30 to nothing on the road. Uh, let's see here. Number 24, Houston, one of the few teams in that city not struggling, took care of business 45-17 in, or at UConn. So some good games, brother. Good things mm-hmm. going on all weekend. So, yeah, man. What you think? I love this time of year where you get the rivalry games. Rivalry games. Thanksgiving. 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 Oh, yes. Thanksgiving is so good. good. Thanksgiving rivalry games, and then we still get NFL games. Oh my oh, god, yes. the games of everything. The only thing I don't like football. is how quick football goes by. Feels yeah. like we we just get it, and then it's like bye, see ya. And then it feels like we're really starting to get really into the grind. You're like, yeah, baby. Then all of a sudden, college football just goes, we're done. You're like, right. what? We just started. It's like no. Game season, and then if you're lucky, a bowl game. If you're lucky, a conference championship, and then a bowl game. And then if you're lucky, you're in the playoffs. And then if you're lucky, you're in the conference championship. Let's just not go that route. Anyways, so we're gonna switch gears and talk some big boy football, the NFL. Let's do it, brother. Some very interesting openings in college football, but you can officially cross urban or quote unquote officially because you can never say never with these things. Cross Urban Meyer's name off the wish list for those programs. Word came after that after Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly left their programs for other openings, Oklahoma and Notre Dame respectfully, uh, that Urban Meyer was on their wish list. Meyer, though, has once again vehemently denied that he would be interested in either job opening. Cooper, Meyer's already turned down Notre Dame once, and this was before they got Brian Kelly. Um, why don't you leave him alone? Leave him alone. <laughs> Let him play some some real football, some you know professional football. I mean, yeah, he's got a losing season, but at the same time, when you when you gifted the uh, one of the crappiest teams in the league, 
um, it's gonna take a while to win some some ball games and you're probably getting paid more there than you would be if you went back to college football. So they just need to leave Aaron Meyer alone unless Aaron Meyer comes out and says, I'm leaving, goodbye, then the college rumors can begin. But he is at the Jaguars and he's he's toughing it out, he's roughing it out, and I commend him for it because, I mean, uh, even that game with the Jaguars this weekend was... Whew, Right. They tried, dude. They tried, they but tried. they came up short. So. If you want Urban Meyer to be willing to leave his job as an NFL head coach, you better come up to damn near, if not surpass, $15 million a year in contract money. Otherwise, don't even bother. Yeah. He ain't going nowhere. I, I, get, I get paid that much to have a losing season as an NFL coach. Why not? Or as a college coach. <laughs> Anyway, too. All right, another rumor of an NFL coach going back to college has been Cliff Kingsbury to Oklahoma. He denied as he had that he has interest in the open job, despite being a former 12, uh, Big Twelve coach when he coached his alma mater, Texas Tech. Kingsbury has Arizona holding the best record currently in the league with an opportunity to be the first team to win ten games this season, as the Packers are on a bye week this week, so that helps make it to be the first team. Uh, we are talking. Uh, we are talking about the coach that was ceremoniously released by his alma mater, and then uh, was the surprise choice after the Cardinals decided to reboot their coaching staff after just one season of Todd Bowles at the helm. So Cooper, why do they even throw these NFL coaches in the mix with everything? When obviously they're having a winning season, dude. Yeah. Obviously they're gonna make it to playoffs. Uh, they'll probably make it further than that, probably. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't even know why you would throw his name in there just for controversy or what. I the only thing I can say, I'll say this: the only reason why I can say that I get the Kingsbury connection to college is he is on his final year of his current contract in the NFL. So until we hear an extension. You can let the rumors oh, fly. You, you already know that if they, they make it to the, with this winning season, you know that there's already been talks. Oh, I'm sure. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not out to the public. Maybe out not out to the, the press or the fans or anything. But you know, somewhere they, there's been talks. We're having a winning season. Uh, you know, you better expect that contract to be coming soon. So. Right. And also, if I'm Cliff Kingsbury's agent, I'm using these rumors to my advantage in contract negotiations. Oh, yes. So, the actually, the rumor mill of my coach who's on a contract year, who needs a new contract, being um, possibly moving back to college, just saying, would be kind of an advantage me in negotiations. All right. Oh, now I get to have some fun. So are we just watching Jared Goff with a better arm in Stafford with the Rams? Stafford has three consecutive games with a pick six, all losses. The Rams lost due to two turnovers by Stafford against the Green Bay Packers, the interception, and a fumble because he held on to the ball too long in the pocket. Stafford also doesn't really look good, really didn't look good on passes between 0 and 20 yards, but did do decent on passes over 40 air yards as he hit two great touchdowns with Odell DeBeckham Jr. and Van Jefferson. That is what Goff did for the team as well. Too many dumb mistakes, but can look good sometimes. McVeigh hasn't talked uh, bad about his quarterback this year, but I believe it's because he can't. 
Uh, he begged owner Stan Kroenke to approve the trade that brought in Stafford, and it was easier to bad talk his former quarterback because he inherited golf from Jeff Fisher, and thus wasn't really his quote-unquote guy. The O-line still does need to be better up the middle. Uh, this needs to be better up the middle as well as the middle of that defense, but you can't give teams extra possessions and keep that defense on the field longer than they need to be. Well, I think it has a lot to do with, like you said, the offensive line, dude. Um, when you can't be, when you're not protected, you, you don't feel good. You know, you know how it is as a quarterback, dude. If mm-hmm. you're not protected, you're not going to be able to make the throws that you need to, even just, even just fucking first downs. Yeah. You need to be protected. And if he's not being protected, that's part of the problem, dude. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're getting pass rush right up the middle. They're getting shellacked, you know? dude. It sucks. But also, at the same time, when they do protect his ass long enough, he hits there and holds on to the ball forever, trying to wait for something to yeah. develop downfield, and then he gets strip-sacked. It is what really sucks, and they really don't have much of a run game. I thought bringing in Sony Michelle was... Was really gonna be be something good for him, but so uh, did I, and that hasn't turned out to be. It jacked, hasn't really it? turned into anything, and I'm like, what's going on here? Because uh, you know, um, and and the loss of Robert Woods has not helped. No. Uh, Odell Beckham being new to to the Rams has not helped. I think all this, all this. Uh, Glitz and glam and all the, you know, attention on the Rams right now, especially with Vaughn Miller, you know, like I said, Odell Beckham. Yeah. It, 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 his attention might be elsewhere. And it's it's not right, but and it's not an excuse for him, but it's the truth of it. And I still like Stafford. I don't care what anybody says. I think Stafford went to a shitty team and he was stuck with them. And... He made the best of what he had. And I think that right now the Rams, they're still in a winning season. There's still time, but they have to figure it out. They really do. I just would have liked them to perform better coming off of a bye week than that. Just saying. No, well, yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. It sucks, but, you know, he tried. He did his best. Yeah, but he's got to... Start taking care of a little bit. Yeah, care of the ball though. He's got to control it. He's got to build it. Know when to let go of the ball, mm-hmm. and know you know because I mean, he doesn't throw it out of bounds enough, and and not only that, but he's holding on to that ball entirely too long. Yep, it getting sacked. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So star running back Christian McCaffrey has suffered suffered another season-ending injury. As he was injured, as he injured his ankle, I thought it was his shoulder that ended up being his ankle, left ankle, by the way, if anybody needed to know specifics on that. He suffered the injury in the first half of Carolina's blowout loss to the Dolphins. Uh, that was 33-10, to 10, by the way. I don't know how Miami put up 33 points on anybody's defense, but there they are. <laughs> Anyways, this is another disappointing injury for McCaffrey, who is a top back in this league when healthy. However, that's the problem. His ability to be healthy. Coaches will say the best ability for a player uh, that any player can have in any sport is availability. We hope for the best um, for him and he can come back fully healthy, ready to go next year. But this leads to the fact that it's not too shocking now that the Panthers were willing to give him up in a trade for Deshaun Watson. So, Cooper, your thoughts on another 
disappointing I mean for McCaffrey's seasons. It sucks, but at the same time, you got to think about which team he's with. Carolina Panthers. And the protection that he might have, even being a running back, you need protection. They, uh, they, they really asked too much of him as a running back yeah. and also as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So They rely way too much on him, and it's obviously starting to wear him down a lot. And what sucks is, is the same thing happened at Stanford, where he attended yeah. school. Oh, yeah. He was, their be- he was he one was of their better pass catchers. He was one of their best running back, and he was also their return man. So his body is taking a beating for a long time. And it's harder in the NFL, even though he is fast, way faster than his dad. Um, but the problem is, you're in the NFL now, everybody's faster than they were in college. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, especially since you're facing and, a lot of people. And mm-hmm. when you're when you're the, their main you know, running back, their main receiver, and you're doing it all, eventually you, your body's going to wear out on you and you, you're not going to be able to do shit. And I honestly think that that's the bad rap about, you know, this the way the draft is set up. Because if you do really well in college, you're going to a shitty team. Mm-hmm. No matter what, you're going to a shitty team. Yep. So, and it sucks because you get to see people like him get hurt. Right. So, All and right. Then, then people want to question and go, oh, well, you know, maybe he wasn't that good or maybe, no, maybe you gave him to the shittiest team and he doesn't have protection and he can't do shit with it. Right. It's kind of like, like looking at, uh, looking at old, old Sunshine. Right. I was not looking so Trevor sunny. Lawrence, man. Yep. He's a good quarterback. He has no receivers. And a shit offensive line. Yeah. All right, so we did have some football on Turkey Day, but we only had really good one good game, the triple header thing, uh, uh, which was the Raiders outlasting the Cowboys in Dallas in overtime, 36-33. The Bears won without Justin Fields in Detroit against the Lions, 16-14. That's not saying much. Everybody is beating the Lions. Oh, wait, not everybody. Oh, shut up. <laughs> the Bills went down to New Orleans and destroyed the Saints on Thanksgiving 31-6, to which has prompted the Saints to give Taysom Hill some starter reps, or at least all the starter reps, at QB in practice this week. Um, a lot of real people realize, didn't I didn't know that Hill has actually been dealing with a foot injury, which is why we haven't seen him in a while, and also the reason why when, when uh, Winston went down, uh, Winston... Jameis Winston. Yeah, what's oh, what the hell I was trying Winston, to say? Winston, dude. Wow, okay. Anyways, when Jameis went down with injury, I'll just say Jameis because it's easier for me, apparently. Um, <laughs> is the reason why uh, Trevor Simeon came in at quarterback and has been the starter instead of Hill. All right, the Bengals decimated that team that tied with uh, Lions 41-10 at home. <coughs> the Steelers, sorry. The Buccaneers used four total TDs by Leonard Fournette to squeak by the Colts and Indy. 38-31. That sure gave you some nice fantasy points, didn't it? <laughs> that it did. Uh, I think, what was it, 31? Yeah, something like that. It was amazing. I was, I was like, man, dude, Fournette's doing great. He but had how many touchdowns? Four total touchdowns. Three running, four. one receiving. Four Fournette. Yep, that's why they're calling him four, four Tubs Fournette. <laughs> four Tubs Fournette. All right. 
The Falcons handled business in Jacksonville as they would win a pretty bland game 21-14. The Patriots continue their dominance, this time at the expense of the Titans 36-13. Another ugly game this weekend was the Giants and Eagles as the G-Men won at home 13-7. The Texans had their chance for a third win of the year and even held a decent lead in in the game only to lose to the Jets 21-14. Herbert hasn't been looking good of late and he threw two interceptions in the Chargers loss to the Broncos. 28-13 28-13 in Denver. The 49ers won a barn burner as they beat the Vikings 34-26 at home and have slowly climbed their way back into the playoff line. The Ravens handled the Browns despite Lamar Jackson throwing four interceptions 16-10 and the Seahawks continue to look dismal with another loss 17-15 to the Washington football team. Hoopa! Anything stand out to you? Oi. 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 What's up with the Chargers, bro? I don't know what's going on with the Chargers, bro. Schematically, things are not looking so well. I don't know. What's up with the Broncos, dude? They are so up and down, it's ridiculous. It's weird, dude. One week they look like the team that's going to just take over the freaking league, and then the next they're like, oh, yeah, well, that's the Broncos for you. What do you expect? All right. Did you make up your, make up your mind on what you're gonna do, damn it, please. Could you imagine what they could be doing right now if they had a legitimate quarterback? I'm sorry, I love Bridgewater. Bridgewater's Don't get me wrong, been doing pretty good, man. I'm kind of like what? But he's also had those games where he's been very mediocre, pedestrian at best. Very true. So that's the problem. If they've had a consistently good quarterback, Denver would probably be. Probably giving uh, Kansas City all they can handle, but we'll see what happens. I just can't believe everything going on with the Saints right now, dude. This is this is crazy. They don't have a quarterback. I mean, when have we? Uh, uh, I have a soft spot for the Saints only because of everything that went on with Hurricane Katrina. It's just it it was sad, dude, and it was it was cool to see how they. They held it together and they came through. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just and the Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Uh, and, you know, is, Bama would not be what they are today if Drew Brees was in Miami. Just saying. Yeah. And I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> I don't care what you say. They're in a coach in the freaking nation right now that would be doing Nick Saban's done with that program. I don't care. I don't care! Can't tell me! I'm kind of looking forward to SC now. <laughs> See how it just goes. I'm scared to death. Luckily, we don't play them next year because that might be scary. So, yeah. anyways, um, um, what is going on in Pittsburgh? I don't know. They can't figure it out, dude. They can't fucking figure it out. I mean, your quarterback is done, isn't he? Yeah. He's got to be done. Yeah. This dude. is getting bad. You can blame COVID all you want for, like, that one week. But, you know, it's like, no, dude, you, you're inconsistent and have been for a couple of years. And this is what I've bitched about for the past couple of years mm-hmm. is the fact that you guys just signed him to an extension. Like, what the... F- Why? Right. Why? I mean, luckily, the last years are avoidable, so it's basically beyond this. I just don't get... I... I... I get it. The Bengals are better than they've been. But 41 to 10? Yeah. 
to the Bengals. Come on. You're killing me, Small. Yeah. And the Colts, man, that was such a good game. I really wish that game was on TV instead of the Falcons-Jaguars. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the Jaguars. Okay? I love them. But we're tired of watching you lose. But we're tired of watching you lose when I could have been watching Tampa Bay get a freaking heart attack in Indianapolis because it was so great at the end because they went up 38-31. The game looks like it's over because Leonard Fournette ran for his fourth or, well, ran for his fourth total touchdown and his third touchdown of the game running. And then the kickoff that Bell gave them all a heart attack. When they got it all the way down to the 35 on the other side. And then they failed. <laughs> I was just like, ah, oh, come on. That game would have been fun to watch. Yeah. Instead of watching this Falcons-Jaguars game for most of the night. Ah! Ah! Yeah, dude. And I'm sorry. Who the hell did not freaking flex out Browns-Ravens? My God. Ew. Yeah. Don't do that to me. And see, this is what we're talking about here with Monday Night Football. Start flexing Monday night games because that is ridiculous. 17 to 15? Get that crap off my television. Yeah, please. <sighs> That's all I got to say about that. No, I agree with you, man. Just uh, saying. It's, Come on. It's irritating that, you know, not only that, but then, like, when you think about Thanksgiving and you're thinking... Okay, I get it. The Lions always play on Thanksgiving, but they're doing so shitty this year. Why should they get that TV spot? Especially against the Bears, who aren't doing any better. Yeah. That game was like, who's going to suck less? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought it was so funny because Colin's like, golf starting, the Lions are going to win. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? Oh, wait, it didn't. Yeah. I feel boy, I feel boy. bad for Dan Campbell, man, the hair head coach. He he's 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 trying. He's trying, but that team just sucks so much. And they got golf. <laughs> and golf is still winless without Sean McVay's as head coach in the NFL. Still. It's just crazy, dude. It's like what the what the fuck? I don't know. It's it's unbelievable. But another crazy weekend of, of college football, NFL football, uh, and I can't wait for next week. Right. Um, Thursday night football is going to be kind of interesting. almost want to watch it because the Cowboys are facing the Saints. Uh, they have no film on Taysom Hill this year as quarterback, so that's going to be interesting. Plus, uh, Mike McCarthy and Amari Cooper might be out for Cowboys. Uh, Mark McCarthy um, has uh, COVID protocol, and Amari Cooper is still dealing with the effects of COVID apparently because he has a bad cough he can't seem to get rid of. <laughs> this might end up that, being that a decent Thursday. One thing it gets, it's hard to get rid of. You get a cough, man. Mm-hmm. You can get a bad cough with just a cold, though. Oh wait, that's oh. right. We don't get real sick anymore. Remember when we did? Remember when we did that last? What was it last summer or the summer before that? It was right, right around. We were we were getting into the podcast real good with stuff, and we had to stop because we both got sick and was coughing and couldn't do anything. I know. Every time we try to talk, we'd start coughing. 
Hey, how you doing? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> God, why won't stop? <laughs> I laid in bed for like three days just going, oh my God, just kill me. <laughs> anyway, so um, so Thursday night football is going to be interesting. Friday night football, I might be dead um, by the end of the night because it's the Pac-12 title game. And we saw what happened the last time we faced Utah. Or just a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, this is going to be scary. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to uh, tone it down a notch, though. And, like, because we're going to have kids in the house. And uh, Big Man might get a little crazy at this game. Just a wee bit. <laughs> um, we'll watch as much of the uh, SEC title game as we can. But we won't be able to watch a whole lot of it because... By the time it's getting ready to end, we'll be on our way to Gainesville. So, Well, yes, we have some plans. Yay! We're going to be socialites. Yes, that's right. The anti-socialists <laughs> are going to be <laughs> socialists. Wait. I don't think I'm saying that right. I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we have more football for you on Sunday to talk about. And, of course, we'll be back Thursday with... AEW talk. We got a lot to catch up on. Oh yes, we haven't talked to AEW talk in a while, and it's mm-hmm. gonna be fun. Yep. And then of course, um, well, we'll still probably be able to. We might do rest. Well, yeah, we'll be able to do WWE talk. We'll get it out. Um, we just might not be here when it's out. <laughs> um, and then of course we'll have more basketball talk for you. A little bit of baseball news coming out again. Um, since we. Um, this one came out, so just a little smidgen, unless more stuff all of a sudden explodes. Um, I mean, the CBA deadline is, uh, you know, day after tomorrow, so we'll see what happens there. Um, so, yeah, we'll have that for you. And, of course, more football talk on Tuesday. It'll be fun, dude. It will be. Can't wait. It's going to be fun on the bun. All right. So that'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. And, as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk, W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.